0: Hoop Brethren, rejoice It is I, Vince Carter, your host And we are here to talk about hoops today And before we do all that You know what, we gotta get out the way We gotta get all the social media And uh, all the promo stuff out of the way first So we're gonna go ahead and do that First and foremost, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. We're happy you're here. Also, make sure that you follow us on Twitter or X at FrontRunnerPC, or you can hit my guy Nico at NicoFRPC. We also have a YouTube channel, FrontRunner Podcast Collective, the pod basically funnel some of the YouTube content, usually what is not on the podcast ends up in the clips. So if there's something like some stats or whatever the case may be, usually they won't end up on the YouTube clip. And then you would have a situation where you'd be able to read it and follow along with the pod that way as well. So make sure you get up on that. We talked about uh, the social media of it all. And also remember, um, when it comes to the podcast, be a friend, tell a friend. Um, the only way this podcast grows is through your involvement and in telling people about it. Okay. We do not have a budget for advertising as a yet So keep that in mind. Um, so be a friend, tell a friend, and now let's get into the pod. I am going to go ahead and talk about the All-Star game and I'm just going to have the final word on it. Uh it's uh let's just talk about it this way. First and foremost, you as a you as a fan are going to complain about it because you like basketball, right? And you want to see guys give effort on both sides, not just on one. Because you can see, like, uh, those dudes that dra- jump on trampolines and things of that nature if you wanted just to be entertained. Okay, I think you wanted to see a basketball game, and clearly you didn't. But it was a really athletic exquisite uh, expedition. So, I mean, exhibition. I'm so sorry. Tongue-tied today. So, it was an athletic ex- exhibition. You know, but it wasn't competitive. I'm at this point. I didn't even watch it. Honestly, I didn't even watch it. It didn't drive me at all. Um, There wasn't anything I was going to learn from it. So I didn't watch it. Found something else to do. Now, the other thing that I want to get to when it does come to the All-Star game. To all the Kobe disciples out there. So Devin Booker. Jason Tatum. Kawhi Leonard. Paul George. Damian Lillard. All guys that talk about having Mamba mentality. I'm going to blow up a term that the millennials use. Cancel culture. And I'm going to do this in a second. But the one thing that I want to talk about the Magma mentality, because here's the thing. Here in L.A., we hold that dear. Now, I will tell you, I do love Kobe. He is not my favorite Laker. I'm older, so I'm a magic guy. But I do love Kobe. Respect him. Respect the tenacity. But when we talk about MAGA mentality. When you blow up your own teammate. In the Olympics to prove a point. That you're here to win. When you go to Rucker Park. To the Mecca of basketball. And put on a show. Because you're not scared of the smoke. Bomani Jones of the right time with Bomani Jones. It's a great podcast. Everybody should listen to it. Um, I find myself being smarter because of it. Uh, He tells a story about covering Kobe in 2005 at a pro-am. And Bomani asked Kobe, what was his approach to the game? And Kobe kind of looked really inquisitive. And said, I'm here to compete and win. And lastly, Mongol mentality is tearing your Achilles, standing up, knocking two free throws in, and then resisting help, walking off the floor. So I'm going to go back to that phrase that the millennials use now. They use cancel culture. And I think this is apropos, because here's the thing. <laughs> Here is the deal with this. Um, I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure I, I hit these these points. Am I personally offended by the All-Star game? No, not not personally offended at all. Not one bit. But I do want a moratorium on the athletes using Mogwan mentality as their, uh, their slogan. I want all that cut out. For the four or five reasons that I gave you previously, did that all-star game seem indicative of Mogwan mentality? Question. And I'm going to call on all of Laker Nation. I'm going to call on all of Los Angeles. All Laker fans around the world, in the Philippines, everywhere. You know, even some of our famous uh, constituents of Laker Nation. So, I'm looking at O'Shea Jackson Jr., his dad, Ice Cube. The host of Laker Talk. Alan Sliwa. Rob Kalinka, The former agent of Kobe Bryant. The Kaminski brothers. Who do Locked On Lakers. Good job. Trevor Lane. Who does the Laker Nation podcast. Matt Peralta. Who does the Laker Nation podcast with him. And then. The very valiant, very courageous Vanessa Bryant. I'm calling on all of these figures because let's not tank Kobe's legacy because I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to say that you have Mugler mentality and you went out to that all-star game and there were certain people that were in that all-star game that have been using this, uh, this mantra that Kobe lived his life by y'all know y'all didn't compete in that all-star game and you know that's what Kobe Bryant was absolutely built on he was built on competition here's the thing all the all-stars have tremendous talent I'm not taking anything away from these guys they do incredible things and they delight fans millions of fans every night when they step on the court they do things that make my jaw drop all the time but that lofty lofty air when you say mamba mentality that's for uh that's for a specific type of person okay um when you invoke the name of Kobe Bean Bryant it means something to us Lakers fans we can be very protective and we're going to be particularly protective now now that we got the statue and there's a couple more coming we're still going to be very protective of Kobe LeBron is still not as loved, not even close to Kobe. And I think he knows that. But when it comes to this particular phrase, it came with a cost. And I think that's the other thing that these athletes like Tatum and D-Book and Kawhi Leonard and all these other cats that invoke Kobe's name. It came with a price. Kobe was maniacal in his preparation. Kobe maintained and pushed his body to limits, to physical limit, limitations with crazy workouts that started at 4, 4.30 a.m. all the time, every day. Friends? Nah. Kobe was too busy digging up intel on you to use during the game to gain a competitive edge. That's the links that you have to go to to use the phrase Mamba Mentality. So I want all the Kobe disciples out there to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself. Would Kobe have done this in the All-Star Game? Just thought. All right, we'll get to our uh, regular scheduled programming here. I just... uh, I had to get that off because I was like I said, I didn't even watch the game. I heard everybody's cries on it, and I just thought I would weigh in and we have and now we can get back to what all we need to talk about. Um the thing that we were gonna lead off the show with was this we are now two full seasons removed from the Sabonis. For Halliburton trade. Now this is February 9th, twenty twenty two. What was going on in your deal at that time? What was going on in your deal? What, what were you were you uh, putting the Peloton on offer up because we were coming out of the pandemic? Or you were, were you locked into Oscar snubs? Lady Gaga. Jared Leto. Spider-Man. No Way Home. You know, the hot button topics of the day. So February 9th of 2022 is when the Sabonis for Halliburton trade went down. So let's give you the particulars. The Indiana Pacers received Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hilt, and Tristan Thompson in that deal. I forgot Tristan was in that deal actually. And then Sacramento received Demontis wellness Justin Holiday, nice little wing, and Jeremy Lamb. I always thought he would be something more, Jeremy Lamb. He was like six foot four, six foot five, bouncy. The stroke looked pretty good. It just never clicked, huh? Wonder what Jeremy's doing now. Have to look that up. Maybe that'll be on uh, next week's pod. We'll do a. We'll do a where it where in the world is Jeremy Lamb? And they also got a second round pick, which turned out to be Arkansas's Jordan Walsh, which they traded to the Boston Celtics at the time. Sabonis so has been absolutely awesome. He's been a abs- He's been completely. Everything they could have possibly imagined. He's a complete monster on the boards. He's almost averaging a triple-double. And his two-man game with uh, with Fox is amazing. The splitting up of Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox, I will say, that was the right move. Because both guards have flourished since they've been split apart. Now, for the bad news. <laughs> Again, let's give some more flowers to Sabonis. Sabonis has been nuts. I mean, he's um, he just, he's, the one thing about Sabonis is that you know that he's going to be able to get you into a pretty good shot. But the problem is, is that there's a ceiling with Sabonis. He's a big, and unfortunately, Keegan Murray, second year out of Iowa, helps but isn't a bona fide rim protector. You need to have a really, like, long-arm, pterodactyl-type big next to uh, Sabonis that could probably knock down an outside shot. And you say, well, he was in... Indiana with Miles Turner but Miles doesn't knock it down at the rate that you kind of need it to be knocked down at. Where we have a burden, you're seeing huge leaps of growth, okay? Uh one of the one as a facilitator. He's had 11.7 assists a game this season. Okay, now here's the deal. I want to I want to give you some clarification of where he's come from and where he's at right now. Okay, so per 36, the last year in Sacramento, he averaged 12.1 field goal attempts a game. This year, 17.8. Last year in Sacramento, 5.7 field goals made, 8.8 field goals made this year. Three-point attempts, 5.2 his last year in Sacramento, 8.9 this year free throw attempts are also up 2.5 last year in sacramento 4.1 now now we got a little we got a little nerdy with this his assist percentage his last year in sacramento was 34.1 his assist percentage now is 49.8 so one out of every two passes basically Here's the the best part. His turnover percentage, his last year in Sacramento, was 16.7. His turnover percentage now is 12.0. So the volume has increased. His load has increased. His workload has increased. And the numbers are still flourishing. He's even gotten more efficient. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do. He's cut down on the turnovers. He's become more efficient. He's an all-star. And now he's in that all-NBA range. Now, you can say that Sabonis is in that, all, in that all-NBA range, but let's be honest. If Embiid isn't hurt and others play to 65, is he going to make it as the big... As an All-NBA. Even with the stellar numbers that he has. Is he going to make it? It's a question. Indiana. This trade deadline. um, Sends Buddy Hill away to Philadelphia. So they're getting more off of this deal. So they sent Buddy Hill to Philadelphia. In a three-team deal. That netted them Pacers 2024 second round pick. And 2029 second round pick. Um. Which is also helpful to the developmental path of Ben Matherin and also Andrew Nembhard. Keep that, those in mind. Now, that 2024 pick is a Raptors pick. Now, they're they're struggling a little bit. And the 2029 pick is the Trailblazers pick. So, hopefully, they can get on the ball in that 2029 pick. Is not that great. But right now, it doesn't look good. But we got a little time before 2029. So, again, you're... You cleared the way, now that Buddy Hill is not there, you cleared the way for Ben Matherin, who needs some more development. He's still kind of a black hole, but he gets buckets. We know that. We do know that that man can get some buckets. And also, Andrew Nimhardt is just a connector on that team. So, you freed up more time for better defenders, Um the scoring punch you might lose a little bit on the three point line with buddy because he was such a volume three point shooter but other than that you're it's not a you're actually probably net gain when it comes to that now i also want to talk to you a little bit about halliburton in this way so he was on the jj reddick podcast and this is what he said I'm studying Buddy Hill's uh, role as a screener for Pascal Siakam to help free him to get get going downhill, going to go into the basket. Okay, so basically he's talking in his interview about watching film how Buddy used the screen game to get Halliburton open and to get himself open in the quick and roll game that they used to use because Buddy Hill was the screener in that. Now... He says it's also to combat the blitzes that have become more uh more present against uh, against me. So he's understanding where he is. He's understanding that people are trying to get the ball out of his hands, and he's now saying, "Hey, we got to figure out an action to counteract that." So when I start getting blitz, I'm gonna give the ball up and go screen. And now that he has Pascal Siakam, another ball handler who can make the right passes and also knock down a shot, a open shot, or roll to the basket. I mean, their offense should even be more devastating. I just think it's going to take time. So, Indiana wins that trade by a landslide. Halliburton will be a top five player in this league. Uh, as brilliant as Bonus is, all third NBA, maybe all second, if everything breaks right. But without a expand expansion to his range, or which is impossible, some sort of Alcorn Shangoon growth spurt at the age of twenty seven, I think that uh, ceiling is capped for Um uh, Pacers head coach Rick Holler already has turned the offense over to Halliburton um, in his first full season, and now with one of the most potent offenses in the NBA with Halliburton at the helm. So you're looking at a guy that basically now runs that offense. He's calling the place out there. What, 24, 25? Oh. Pacers got a good one for a long period of time. So, I mean, all this to say is basically I know – that my my people in Sacramento will be really upset with me. How dare you? You know, this dude's almost averaging a triple double. He should have been an all star. He was snub. But that should tell you something. Right. Indiana is not this hotbed of like media attention. Right. And their record is pretty similar to yours. But Halliburton has that spark. He he has that game that's pretty. And he is a all-world talent. And this dude is going to get some serious buzz as a first-team All-NBA guy. And what is he, like four years uh, behind Sabonis as far as years are concerned? Slam dunk. They won the trade. All right. Let's get into it. We got some hacky news for a change out of the district, man. D.C., what's up? I know it's been a hard road for you guys, but here's the thing. Is Denny Abdia crashing the pool party? The reason why I say this to my D.C. people out there is that, uh, I mean, the last five games have been incredible. I mean, look at the numbers. It's just, it's it's crazy to me. It's just, it's nuts to me. Um, that 2020 draft, because here's the thing. We just talked about Halliburton. He was in that 2020 draft. Denny Avdia went ahead of him by like four slots. And I understand everybody hates it, whatever case may be. Here's the other thing. Did you know that beatball Paul Reed was also the 58th pick in the draft that year. And my God, shout out to Sam Morrell. He's cooking in Cleveland. That dude was 60th overall in the 2020 NBA draft. But getting back to Denny Abbey, all right? Um, this last five games have been crazy. And I've always been really intrigued with Denny I loved his size coming out of Israel. I loved his feel. I loved the passing. The one thing is, I wondered about the confidence in the shooting. But he seemed toolsy. And he has some attitude to him. He has some kind of like, no, you're not going to push me over. You're not just going to punk me. You're not going to do any of that because I'm not. I'm not about that. Sorry, little frog in the throat. Over the last five games, Denny Abdia, the volcano, has been active and has erupted 24 points a game. He's shooting 57.3% from the field, 48% from three, 10.8 rebounds. He shot the ball 15 times. He shot five threes a game. And he is in. Had 1.6 offensive rebounds, which is pretty good, man. Pretty good. Abdi has been given a little bit more on-ball responsibility. Now, Tyus Jones is really the point guard, but as a second-side initiator, Abdi has been absolutely tearing it up, and I've been waiting for this for years. So I'm so excited for him. I'm just so excited that he's getting the opportunity to show the full array of talents. I just think when he had Bradley Bill there, he was just never going to get to show it. It's nothing against Bradley Bill. It's everything to give this kid the runway to be able to like be able to utilize the tools that he has. Abdia is given more on responsibility. He's been rewarded with better shot selection. three-point field goal attempts for his career this year is 2.8. So he's actually shooting it less as far as the shot attempts as far as that's concerned. Um, He's also averaging a full assist more per game than last season, 3.8. His true shooting percentage is a career high at uh, 61.3%. First four seasons was 55.4. Abdia at age 23 is another bright spot for Michael Winger and the crew in the district. 43 points and 15 rebounds, both career highs. That's the last game before the All Star break. So, shouts out to our guy, Denny Abdia. We've been waiting like three or four years to talk about you, my man. So, I am happy that you have broken out, and I hope that you get consistent playing time, because I am excited about you. All right. um, <laughs> Do I want to leave it on a down note, or do I want to go out like this? Nope, we're going to talk about it. Okay, so everybody's gone over this with a fine-tooth comb. I'm going to give you my two cents on it, and then we're going to let it be. Uh, it never he- it never ends in Los Angeles. So ESPN, Ramona Shelburne, and Adrian Wojnarowski collaborated on a story that burned up podcasts, talking heads, sports-based shows alike. The inquiry from Philadelphia and Daryl Morey, and also the Golden State Warriors, pick whoever you wanted, whoever made that phone call, whether it was Dunleavy, Or the Laker. The younger Laker. Um, On the availability of LeBron James. Obviously nothing came of it. We know the story now. Um, But shout out to my guy. Lee Corso. Not so fast my friend. ESPN Dave McMenamin posted on X. This is like right around the. This is like during the All-Star break. He says that LeBron is very happy. And wants to continue to be a Laker. Thirty minutes later, right, after that post comes out, a story from the Athletic Drops it says that Um I think it was Yohan, Yohan Buha who, who did this story, if it's not if but it was the Athletic. So it puts out a story that says LeBron signed off on both DeJounte Murray and Zach Levine acquisitions. With D'Angelo Russell flying, uh, playing his best stretch of basketball, Laker fans, I asked you this question. Do you really want to do this anymore? Are you, ti- are you tired of the yo-yo yet? Are you tired of the twists and turns of this reality show soap opera i'm i don't know here's the thing lebron james is powerful enough why will you even let that come out drama clicks or whatever else you're thinking about i i just don't understand if you can't imprint yourself as a factor, as a title contender, I guess staying firmly planted in the news or rumor cycle, um, or the basketball zeitgeist, maybe that's a win for you. I don't know. Cool. Three more months of spe- speculation and scrutiny of LeBron and his teammates, which one will be put forth as tribute and sacrifice. For the impending shadow superstar that is coming to L.A. Supposedly, the sh- the shadow superstar is Trey Young. All right. So we all know all that. I said before and I'll say it again. I just want LeBron to decide whether you're going to go ahead and. Are you going to buy in, man? I mean, we got, like, 26 more games. Oh, by the way, he's not playing tonight. Ankle. Played an All-Star game. Ankle. All right. We had a little Duke on Duke crime. Okay. um, This would have never happened if Coach K was still roaming the sidelines at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Coach K might need to do an intervention between these two. J.J. J- J Redick said on first take in his appearance, who played for Doc Rivers and also with Austin Reeves in L.A. for the Clippers, had a vigorous and scathing criticism for his former coach. He says, there's always an excuse with this guy. Taking over for a team middle of the year is hard. Just like being traded as a player is hard. How you lose to Memphis with G League and 10-day guys starting. (laughs) And then over the weekend, take credit for uh, Harden going to the Clippers. He said, there's no accountability with this guy. That was J.J. Reddick's words. On first take, now <clears throat> Austin Reeves has a podcast. It's on the Ringer Network. It is called Off Guard, and Austin Claback. But this was actually on on, on ESPN. Austin Claback has said to JJ Redick. He said JJ had his best career, best years under Doc uh, with the Clippers. Austin says that he it's a little bit weird. I don't know if there is some tension or frustration over his role or being pulled in the fourth quarter for defensive purposes. Austin praised Reddick on his career and his ability to shoot the ball. Now, Pat Bev chimed in and said "Um, the most on brand thing Pat Bev could say. His statement was taken up for Doc Rivers was. Doc Rivers saved J.J. Reddick's Redick, career. Listen, Doc Rivers has had a long-standing reputation to win over star players. Much of that reputation was built in Boston, where Doc got along, got his long championship with the Celtics. In a decade-plus since, there have been regular season success, but heart-wrenching, disappointment with three one leads being blown in playoff series we all know through up until now we've seen the philadelphia one the clipper one orlando one he has an excuse for all of them i'm not saying they're not plausible i'm not saying it's not squarely his fault what i'm saying is this is that at some point we all got skin in the game right Like, we all should be pulling on the same side of the road. Now, has he had some disagreements with players like Ben Simmons and and, and James Harden and some other folks? Yeah, 100%. Has he watched Leeds just walk away? Yes, he's done that too. So, at some point, yeah, there should be a little accountability, but piling on Doc and whatever, I don't know. I mean... Here's the thing. JJ has a right to say what he wants to say about his experience with Doc Rivers, as far as that's concerned. I have no problem with that at all. I have no problem saying anything critical if it if it's warranted. So I do understand Austin saying what he said about you know JJ having his best years under Doc, which is true. It still doesn't still doesn't define the point of what JJ actually said. These are all things that Doc did. You know, these aren't things that JJ is just pulling out his butt or ass, however you want to put it. ESPN, ESPN Stephen A. Smith believes that if Doc Rivers doesn't get it done um, by the end of next year and the then next season that he probably will never coach in the NBA again. Now, I, I don't know about any of that. Doc loves to coach. Maybe this is the right setup for him because Giannis is such a beast and Dame is such a, a assassin. Maybe they can get some, some defensive wings that can shoot around them. Sorry, Middleton. I don't know. I don't know about the defense. I just don't know. You know, I mean, we and we've been talking about uh Major League Beasley all year. And um, as a Laker fan, I, I remember those days. I remember those days of missed assignments and things of that nature. Good luck, Milwaukee. You're going to need it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I understand, you know, there's a lot of, you know, well, you know, where do you stand? Where do you stand? I think it's a little bit of both, but I think Doc should take some responsibility in what he's saying and what he's doing, because here's the thing. You do got two superstars, and you got two superstars that are hungry to win a title. Now, I don't know about your pieces around them. I think you should play younger, the younger guys a little bit, too, to help you with the defensive side of the basketball. But that's up to you, Doc. And at the end of the day, they're going to sink and swim with Doc Rivers. We'll see how it all works out. All right, so that's going to do it for the pod today. It's a short one. We didn't really need to get into a whole bunch. Obviously, we did have some things that went on in the NBA, but, you know, now games start, and we are back in it. So this pod, which I'm doing on Thursday, is going to drop Friday. So you will have watched the games and all that, and we'll be back on this feed sometime early next week. I want to say Monday because I'm going to lock in and watch some games as soon as this pod is over. Again, be a friend, tell a friend, tell everybody about the podcast, Frontrunner Podcast Collective. Um, I I would appreciate it. Nico would appreciate it. Uh, Keyshawn, who joined the podcast uh, last in the NBA roundtable. And if you have not listened to that pod, please do yourself a favor. And go back and listen to that pot. I think it's some of our best work. I'm very proud of it. So I'm going damn sure promote it. Uh, again, follow us on X or Twitter. At FrontrunnerPC. Or at NicoFRPC. And then make sure you get on YouTube. At Frontrunner Podcast Collective. Alright, you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you back on this feed Monday. And as always, stay and be easy. Peace.